start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's up, everybody? Um, episode 138. Nick, I'm going to let you do this because I want to figure out this main beam thing. Yeah, so uh, this is Nick. Uh, Frank is going to take a little break here. We were just discussing before we hit record on the uh, world record for the longest main beam on a whitetail. So stay tuned, and we will be hitting you with that fun It fa- got brought up because I got a really wide buck on camera, and we're like, oh, it's probably going to have some really nice long main beams. thought I was doing the intro. And I'm sorry. I just <laughs> wanted, to, I wanted to preface it with something. You were just yeah, you did stupid. a shit job. Yeah, it was awful. You obviously never do this. No, I don't. Probably. <laughs> actually, I don't think I've ever. <clears throat> you tried episode one. I know, but I'm saying I wonder if, because there was some times where Frank wasn't When on. I was in Alaska, I don't remember someone it. had to do I it. I think maybe Tom did it. I would believe that. I know I've jumped in a handful of he times. He has done that. Just, just <laughs> off the fly. Frank's about to talk, and Tom just goes, hey, everybody, what's yeah. going on? All right, well, I'm going to get back to reading. All right, so Frank's doing that. Um, so tonight, you know, we were uh, sitting here chatting and kind of realized that there's a lot of new products that are hitting the market right before hunting season. Um, and I admit, sometimes it's not great to change your – change everything you're doing right before the season. But a lot of this stuff that we're going to be talking about is either similar gear to what you've already been using or something that's really not going to affect your, um, it's not going to change anything too, too much. Um, so without further ado, I guess we'll jump right into that. Um, starting with, um, the, uh, elevate stand or elevate trees okay, before you start. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I, I just, I happened upon the measurements right as you started talking um the measurements of the main beams of the longest main beams of the buck uh 35 and 1 8 on the one beam and 34 and 1 8 on the other beam do you have a photo of this buck inside spread 24 and 3 8 uh there's not i've yet to find it'd be wider a great picture well if when that's it oh it's because he he comes right back around Mm. wraps all the way that is that's what dream. That's what dreams are made of, right yeah, there. That's a heck of a buck. Can you imagine what it would have looked like next year. <laughs> Actually, at that point, he could be on his downhill slide because that's that's a big buck. Yeah, I always like to wait until they start going down. That way, yeah. I know you know they're mature. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Tom's a big age guy. He doesn't care about the horns. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way and everyone learned a little fun fact, uh, we should start just doing random whitetail facts. That's a good idea. You heard it. You heard it here first. So if somebody tries to do that, they stole it from us. Yeah. A little whitetail. Whitetail. We'll come up with a name. You are about to really make it sound stupid. Yeah. So we're just gonna <laughs> leave it at that. Why don't Can you we have Tom, in there? Tom, what should people do if they have a clever name? Leave it in the comments. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I guess before I, I almost started before I was rudely interrupted, My bad. um, but I, I do want to preface this with 80 to 90% of these products we have not touched. Um, so we're not speaking on like saying definitely go out and buy them. It's more to make you guys aware of what's on the market. Um, and if you're in the, um, if you're looking for, you know, whether it's a new tree stand or bow holder, um, backpack, that kind of stuff. Um, this may be useful to you guys. So, uh, and if you tune back in in a couple months, I'm sure Nick will have tried most of these things. So. No, I don't, I don't think so. Honestly. We'll see. Um, Nick's a big gear guy. I, I toned it way down gear this not. year. He's silly. Um, for it. <laughs> I only bought one new piece of gear this year. I traded for, yeah, you did some, trading. I did a lot of wheeling. You were trading stuff before you even had stuff that you traded for. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I had I had finalized the trade, and it had already shipped in the mail. I hadn't gotten back what I was trading for, and I had already had that piece traded. No, I should have <laughs> just called UPS and just rerouted. <laughs> um, but that was one thing this year. I didn't want to spend a ton of money on new gear because for the most part, like ninety percent of the. <laughs> What do we got going on? Nothing. Just keep going. Uh, like 99% everything. I'm just in love with everything I'm using. So I don't, yeah. I didn't really want to change much. So um, there was some gear that I didn't really care for last year that I just wanted to flip basically. Um, so that's what I did. So I want to start with uh, Elevate Tree Stand Company. Um, they came into the market pre ATA, but like they're pretty much a, a brand new company. Mm-hmm. Um, they dropped a stand called the Element last year. Um, I didn't use it, but it sounded like kind of a dud personally. It was a um, water jet cut stand, which is what you see from Lone Wolf Custom Gear and mm-hmm. Beast Gear. Um, they were priced like $40 cheaper than Lone Wolf, but they were just as heavy as cast. Um, mm-hmm. So it just That's to me they dumb. to they, me they kind of missed the mark on that. Yeah. Um, but the product I wanted to bring up is the Element Ultra tree stand that they came out with this um, just a couple weeks ago, really. Mm-hmm. And this stand is similar in size to the uh, the DeQuisto series 0.5, a um, little bit heavier than theirs. It's um, tough to be lighter. Yeah, but it's it's six and a quarter pounds, which is still ultra light. light. Yeah, that's light. I mean, that's very very light, and it actually has a full height seat post it's like 21 inches which for somebody like me that was my biggest complaint with the 0.5 was that it was just a little too short for a guy that wants to sit most of his hunt Mm -hmm. so and it's actually it's coming in at 400 bucks which if you look at the price of like novix cast stands they're up to 360 bucks now i believe so for an extra 40 you're getting yourself into a premium stand um so it's definitely something something to consider yeah um they have the frame lock feature you could argue that that was stolen from another company, um, but hey, well, that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. So that's the first one. Um, so if you're, you know, interested in like the 0.5 and maybe can't front, you know, 500 bucks, but you can maybe justify 400. You like know, maybe you said if you're gonna drop down to a cast stand at 360 or whatever, you're not spending that much more money to get. Yeah, and I, I can see not being able to make the jump from 360 to 500. Yeah, that's like, a big jump. That's a big jump, but for an extra 40 bucks, you can get, you know, the um, water jet cut, mm-hmm. which um, I I really really like yeah, over I the cast. Um, it's not a huge difference. Uh, it's more weight 
than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a lot, generally a smaller profile on your back. Yeah. So it, I guess it all depends. You know, Tom is pro. Um, he loves, he loves his XOP stand. Mm-hmm. Tom doesn't care if it's a little too big. Um, and just, you know, he likes his comfort and the XOPs make a very comfortable stand. Oh yeah. Especially if you're doing an all day set. Yeah. Especially that's other than my summit climber. That's probably the most comfortable sand I've sat in. Yeah. It's tough to beat, you know, a summit climber for comfort. No, yeah. You won't, you won't. Um, you're not going to see me carrying a summit anymore. Just, um, I don't, I don't like them for bow hunting. Um, just cause I don't like having that big tube in front of me. Um, but I don't think anyone could deny the comfort of a summit no. climber. No, you definitely cannot deny. I love them for gun season because they got the shooting rail and everything. Yeah, yeah I like them for gun season a lot. They're, they're yeah, really I, nice. I've borrowed Tom's and my dad's for gun season if they're not using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to product number two comes from Genesis 3D printing. Um, and this is actually something a little different from Genesis because they're in the name 3D printing. Uh, they came out with the turret bow holder this year. Um, and basically it's a platform or I guess you could mount it to your seat, but primarily a platform mounted bow holder. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to the sidekick from Lone Wolf Custom Gear, it swivels out of the way, um, but it's super light. I think it's actually lighter than Lone Wolf's. It's very simplistic. It's basically like two rods that you can rotate on a point so mm-hmm. you can set the angle for your bow and everything. And then, like I said, it swivels out of the way. I used to have a third hand bow holder on my climber back in the day mm-hmm. and I hated that it stuck out like five inches off the side of your stand. It seemed like that was what caught on everything. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's cool to see that in the past couple of years, people have started making, um, bow holders that swivel in yeah, get when out not of the in way. Use. Yeah. So I, I really like that. How easy is it to pull your bow out of one of those? Um, have you ever used any bow holder that's like two prongs and you like put it in there and then like the weight of the bow holds it there? No, not a big fan of those. I always thought my bow would get stuck in there when the time comes. Well, That's why I just like to hang it on one of them arm swivels. I know it's not going to get stuck in there. Um, so I used a sidekick last year for a little bit, uh, and I didn't have any issues. All you have to do is, like when you grab your bow, it just tilts back a little bit and then slides to the left. So it really isn't any different. And I guess you just have to tilt it back and then over instead of up and over off a hook. So really, I haven't noticed any issue. Uh, if you're used to like the uh, in-platform bow holders that the old Lone Wolves had. I never cared for those. I, well, it, mostly because I stand during my hunt, so I don't want something in the middle of my platform. Mm-hmm. But even then, like Maybe, I, I just wasn't about it. That might be why I don't like because I stand most of my hunt too. And I don't want to be reaching down for my bow. I'd rather have it. Really yeah, and that's how I set my tree up. Level. I set it up so it's like hand level and i usually face i set my stand up so i'm facing my tree for you know how i'm setting up it's easier for me to face my tree and then take my shots to my left side and so i just have my bow rated hand height right there so i just gotta unhook and i'm right on target so maybe this is why i like them more is because i like to sit yeah you guys are both standers yeah so Uh, you would have to stand up turn around grab your bow it'd be it's a lot more movement for you to grab something off of the tree as yeah. opposed to someone standing. Yeah, I like, because I sit all the time, I like having my bow right there because I can literally reach down mm-hmm. and grab it, and it's right there. Now, I know a lot of times, like, what you consider prime time in the woods, the bow's in my hand already. Yeah. But for 
certain hunts where, you know, like early October and, you know, it's an hour after light. Yeah. I'm probably going to set my bow in the holder and chill out for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it's, you know, first light, last light during the rut, I'll hold my bow all day during the rut because Mm -hmm. I've been burned twice from not being like getting stuck and not having my bow. Yeah. And I hate that feeling. Mm -hmm. So like during the rut, because I sit it, it's not like a, an inconvenience. It's just sitting across my lap. Like it's not, yeah, you're not holding it. If I was a stander, yeah, I probably wouldn't hold my bow all day long, Mm -hmm. but if you're sitting, it's not really a big deal to just have your bow across your lap. Well, since we're talking about like gear and equipment, it's not like a new thing. My dad always gets them from some Amish guy that like sews. Um, but it's like a little pocket thing that goes on your belt and your cam just sits in this pocket. So you don't, you're not really holding the weight of the bow. You're just keeping it from like falling over, but the weight just sits on your belt. That's pretty cool. That's yeah, actually, it's, a, it's a neat little thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I don't know if they're like commercially produced by anybody, but I know this Amish guy up the road makes them. So it's literally just like a little leather pouch that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it goes on your belt. There's like a belt loop for it. And then it just hangs like right by your pocket and your it's basically a pocket for your cam and it just sits right pocket in there. Cam. Yeah. Come up with something. Cam new. pocket. There you go. I was trying to think of another one that didn't come. It wasn't out. coming out, huh? Yep. I feel like you don't have a whole lot of places to go with. You got pocket cam and cam pocket and you're out. I guess leave it in the comments. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's actually, a, I like, if I was a standard, that would be yeah. really nice for rut hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've used it quite a few times. Hmm. I never knew that you had that. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, a lot of things thing. you don't know about me, Nick. Yeah, I guess. Um, so the next um, company, I guess there's two things that I wanted to cover from this one. That's Beast Gear. Um, the first product um, I'm kind of actually interested in picking up, um, but they Figure. when when they released it, I don't know how many they made, but it sold out in less than an hour. And I f- saw the product launch video like three hours after it launched, and they were gone. Um, and it's only 30 bucks. It's like, it's not going to break the bank if I don't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called the three fingered hooker. They had a great, great product name. video. Um, like the product release was hilarious. Um, well, I think I've seen this, but basically what it is, it, I don't know. <laughs> depends on what website you're on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little cloth thing where you just drop her down and it grabs whatever's down. Uh, the bottom it's of kind tray. of the, not the opposite of that, but it's inverted. So the hooks hang up, um, but they're all on like pivot points. So like when you're dropping it down, it like if it has to go like over a limb or through your cam or something, the hook folds. And then when it gets below it, it like locks, yeah, it locks back down. So like the video was showing like literally like they would come down, it hits like in the cam, closes, comes through the cam and just hooks to it. Um, and it's got like a bunch of barbs and stuff. So like they were showing like easily picking gloves up with it. Um, hmm. like the paracord loop on your, um, grunt tube and stuff. Are they sharp? No, not sharp, but okay, there's just like, say, I wouldn't want to be dropping I guess more ridges. Cam. Yeah. It's more like ridges. Okay. Um, barbs is probably the wrong. I was going to say term. that sounds more, like an awful thing to drop no, on your bow. <laughs> no, it's not like you're like drop, like it's yeah, just I, on I, a string. But still, like if it were sharp barbs no it's not on your cam you could cut your string no it'd be it'd be no different than like a carabiner but basically it comes down and hooks around Mm -hmm. it's a three-fingered hooker it's actually it's got three hooks 
I figure. Your fingers, if you will. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was just kind of a neat little thing. And for 30 bucks, Why we, not? Yeah. It's just not something you would need all the time. But one of my first hunts ever, I dropped my glove. And <laughs> my grandpa was like, all right, cool. I guess we'll get it at dark. And it was opening day of gun. And I sat there with one glove in a snowstorm all day. <laughs> and if I had a three-fingered hooker with me. Wouldn't have had to sit with I could have just dropped it down. James Bond, that, James Bond that shit and had my glove back. So that was, I guess, what sold me. But mainly the the product launch video is what got me. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the video, but I'm not sold on it. I'm not I'm not a big gear nut, so it, it's I not can't like, see where I would use that. It's something that would probably sit in the bottom of my backpack yeah. most of the season. But I've dropped my rangefinder. I've dropped gloves. I've dropped my release. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. And Never know when you might need it. Exactly. It's... Obviously, you don't plan to drop anything like that, yeah. but I drop my release at least twice a year. How? It's tethered to you. When I'm putting it on. You don't put it on before you get so in the I, woods? So I walk in with it, and then I take it off in my at the, when I get to the base of the tree. That's weird. I, I don't like having the like little thing hanging when I'm trying to hang I sticks. I don't blame and you one bit. Hmm. I don't put the release on until I'm up in the stand. See, I have, really? it, I have it on when I'm walking through the woods because I never... You never yeah, know what you're going to encounter walking in. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I get to the base of the tree, I take the release off, put it in my pocket, and then climb up. And then when I get situated, I put it back, put on. It back on. And about twice a year, once, twice a year, I drop it. Hmm. And I have to climb back down. And it, it doesn't take much time, but it would be kind of nice for 30 bucks. Just yeah. pick it up, be good to go. And it's super tiny. Like it's, I mean, it's pretty small. So, like, it's not like it would take up any space or anything. Hmm. Just tuck in a little side pouch, forget about it until that time I drop my release. Um, and then the other thing coming from Beast Gear is it hasn't officially launched, but there's been a lot of teasers on um, the their forum online. Mm-hmm. And it's basically for a smaller version of their tree stand that's actually designed to be a hybrid between a tree stand and a saddle platform. Now, I know there's a lot of guys that have been using um, like the, the DeQuisto Series 0.5 in that manner, mm-hmm. but people have been complaining about um, like putting side pressure on the stand and it wanting to kick out, but that's because it's not designed for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, you know, this is all speculation, if somehow they're designing a stand that is sittable if you want to or used as a platform for saddle hunting. So it's going to be a ultra miniature or a hang-on stand, but you can also... The only reason I could see it being useful is if you could apply side pressure and it not kick out. Mm -hmm. Um, Bless you. (coughs) (coughs) It wasn't a sneeze. You got a mustache hair in your throat? No, spit, actually. I swallowed some (laughs) spit. Mm. So, I I don't know... the windpipe. I don't know exactly when that's going to be released. They keep saying soon. I don't Mm -hmm. know what that means. Um, yeah, it could be. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'm interested to see what it's going to look like. Yeah, like I said, I don't see a place for it unless you can add. And do you know what I? Do you understand yeah, what I'm saying yeah, by side pressure? Yes, yeah. So, like, Tom, do you understand that? No. So on a on a saddle platform, you nine times out of ten, at least for me and most of the guys I see, you basically you work the edge of the platform the most. Um, like, so you put your feet on the edge of the platform and you kind of like lean back, 
And when you go to make a shot, like maybe behind you, you kind of slide to one side of the platform and you're pushing directly sideways. But the way that these saddle platforms are designed is they don't, a good one doesn't kick out at all. It stays solid even if you're pushing from the side. And guys that are using the DS or the DeQuisto series 0.5 as a hybrid setup, um, it was designed as a hang on, but people yeah. are using it as this hybrid and they've complained in the past that there was, you know, when you go to put side pressure to them, it wants to kick out. It's not stable. So the only reason I could see this being useful is if it corrects that problem. Mm-hmm. So we'll see when that happens. Um, and then the last one, um, it's no secret that Frank and I are big uh, fans of Lone Wolf Custom Gear. So there's a few things mm-hmm. um, from them that I wanted to bring up. And one of them is the uh, the one piece of gear from this list that of, of everything is that I did um, want to try this year, which I don't know if we ever talked about it on the podcast. Um, but when Lone Wolf Custom Gear first came about, Frank and I were both pretty skeptical about it until we went to Harrisburg and we tried, like, got them in our hands, and we both fell in love with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank bought the .5. I bought the 1.0. Frank fell in love with the .5. It was everything. Perfect. He, what he wanted. It's ultra light, perfect size for a guy that stands. Um, I went with the 1.0, and I did love that stand. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it is it was a little too wide. Like, just not that it was a problem, but it was just – I wanted a stand that basically wasn't any wider than my back. Like I didn't want, when I had my tree stand on my back, I didn't want it any wider than me. Mm -hmm. Um, and the 1.0 was, so I just like, I felt like my elbows would hit it once in a while. And then just like catching if I was going through like really thick brush, wasn't a huge problem. I still love the stand. Um, but I just, if I, I, I talked to Frank many times and I said, you know, if they had a stand that was this long, but just as narrow as his stand, yeah, I, w- I would fall in love with it, and it would be the last stand I ever need. You know, like for that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and but they didn't have it at the time, so I ended up because actually I did buy a point five so at one you point. Did, you bought a and point that's five. when I realized that it was just too short. I didn't like the seat post that was too short mm-hmm. for somebody that sits all day. Um, so I didn't love it, so I got rid of it. Um, and then the Beast Gear came out with a stand that was very similar to the size that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used that all last year. Problem was, is I think it was, it's not designed for a guy my size. Even though the weight rating says it is, it was just way too flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally felt like a diving board to me. <laughs> um, now, I, I get that it passed the weight ratings and everything, and I was not above them, but... But still, you don't want that in the back of your mind when you're standing no, there No, like, I, I mean, shot. there was like... Like from sitting down, it was very solid sitting. As soon as you stood up, you could like, I mean, feel a lot of like sag in the front of the platform when you stood up. Yeah, and I was like, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> like, mm, don't like it. Um, there's plenty of guys that are like your size, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 150 below, you know, even, you know, 180 below that absolutely love that stand. It's, I'm not, I can't really knock it because it, it is a good, it's the perfect size platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got it sub seven pounds which like it was a really lightweight stand it just i don't think it's designed for you know 250 pound guys yeah um so that's just my two cents on it but anyway so last year that what i'm getting to with this is lone wolf custom gear came out with the 0.75 and it was exactly the dimensions that i told frank i wished they made yeah two years before they made it yeah and i was like 
that's that's the one so um i ended up picking that stand up and it is perfect it was the one that i was i i don't see ever wanting a different um like archery hunting mm-hmm. hang on you know yeah. for you know october hunts and everything like it just was perfect for me it's super comfortable it's got all the room i could ever need so that's another option if you guys are in the market for a water jet cut stand the 0.75 i think is the for me anyway the perfect size mm-hmm. for i mean i think i could use it all day honestly it's it's yeah. a very comfortable stand the foam pad that comes with it's really nice um so yeah there's that one um recently if people have been paying attention um to like the tree stand industry um they realized that like the original lone wolf company is no more mm-hmm. um and xop is no longer making a climber right now so if you're if you're in the market for a climber there's nothing out there right now for like cast, cast or climbers. like compact climbers you've still like got summits climbers. yeah you've still got summits which are super comfortable um they're just but bulky if you're, yeah they're super bulky so if you're looking for um like a low profile climber there's really nothing out there right now and very very soon Lomo custom gear is going to be releasing their climber frank and i talked to cody back in february whenever harrisburg was. yeah i think, I think it, was, it was in february yeah year. early february um and he had told us that it was coming i just talked to andre the other day um and there's supposed to be a small amount of them available this year but for the masses for next season mm-hmm. um so if that's the market you're after like if you were really big into climbers check them out watch you know maybe get on their email list um i know it's going to be an expensive stand mm-hmm. um but you know if you were willing to spend the money on a lock-on and with, sticks. with climbing sticks from them, it's going to be the same price. Yeah. So however you want to look at it, that's it's not up for us to decide if you're willing to spend the money. I don't. I have no interest in a climber anymore, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to be picking it up, but that's just me. Um, the next product from them I wanted to bring up was the extended sidekick. So like before I said that they, you know, the sidekick, you know, it swivels out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they, basically it's the same exact thing, but extended. So basically it adds up to um, six inches of space away from your tree stand. Mm-hmm. So if you had, say, if you're a sitter and you wanted the 0.5, it could get really tight having that sidekick right off the side of your platform. This allows you to move it six inches away from the platform and just give you a little bit more leg room with the platform. Mm-hmm. So it's the same price as the original one. Um, so it's just another option. If you liked the idea of the sidekick, but it just seemed like it was going to be too tight to your stand, now you can get the extended version. Um, next one is the uh, Mobile Hunter Waste Pack, and it's basically um, a small fanny pack. That's pretty much it. There's nothing too I'm, fancy about it. I'm a it. big fanny pack guy. Yeah, Frank's big-time fanny pack guy. In archery season... I'm always rocking a fanny oh, pack. Oh, God, yeah, you can't beat them. No. no, they, I mean, especially if you're going out for, you know, a morning hunt or an evening hunt and you don't really need a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you, there's been two guys that put videos out. Uh, Cody DeQuisto put one out, obviously, and then Byron Horton from Whitetail Experience put out a video. It is insane what these packs can hold in the size that they are mm-hmm. because they actually, they added, um, like, basically, like, 
bungee cord weaving to like the corners and stuff. So oh, you so can, can stuff like, well, you can, they can ex- extend out, but you can also like stash gloves or hats on the outside in the paracord mm-hmm. bungee without like taking up a bunch of space inside the pack. So it actually is a pretty neat system. Um, and then what's, what I really like about it is that it takes when that pack, you, you have it on your waist, walk in and everything. When you get up in your stand, it's designed to clip right to your seat. So, oh, that's nice. So either you could either take the waist belt and go right around the tree, like you probably yeah, do I now, do. or if you're a sitter like me, you can clip it to your seat, your seat, and it actually just hangs straight down. So, like for a sitter, it would just be, be open right, right in front legs. of you. There's two pockets on the front that fit a rangefinder in your phone, so you literally could just have your rangefinder open right at your feet, uh, or right at your like hips if you're yeah. sitting down. Um, and if for some look into that somebody like you that stands once you flip it up it's still sitting vertical so yeah. it would actually still be right at that same height for you standing there mm-hmm. um but just something super simple like that and all it is is if you wanted to permanently mount it to the stand there's a way to like not permanently but like yeah. velcro it in and it's locked there or if you're somebody that wants to use it as a waste pack on the way in um there's just two little clips and it just slides over the seat and it locks itself in and then with the gear tie points on the back of your seat there's two little tongs back there there's bungee cords that strap it to it so if you wanted it to be secured Mm -hmm. it can do that or you can let just not hook the two bottom ones up and it would free fall so it would either be flat and then when you put the seat down it's still yeah easily accessible it's not under the seat so that was a pretty neat little pack that they've come up with and horn hunter is the one that they worked with to design um, and it's hand sewn in America. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. Everything that comes from them is all USA made. So to see that they're hand sewn in America is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, Horn Hunter, if you're familiar with Western packs, that's what they're known for. So like they know packs. Yeah. Um, so it was a good move, I think, for them to go with a company like that that yeah. knows what they're doing. Um, so like all the zippers are good. The material seems really high quality. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that plays mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I'll probably get into that thing. Yeah, it looks pretty neat. Um, next would be um, this real quick. Um, it's another saddle platform called the Fix. It's if you know what a saddle platform is, that's basically all I can Run say. It's basically middle, yeah. yeah, it's a, a cut down version of their ambush. So it's just a little bit smaller, minimalist. Um, the only thing that I saw that was innovative to it that um, you haven't seen before is there's actually a little clip on the back of it that's machined in that slips right into um, a molly attachment. Okay. So basically, instead of strapping it to your back like pretty much every stand is anymore, mm-hmm. if you're already rocking a saddle, I, I don't think there's a saddle on the market that doesn't have molly around the yeah. back of it. It literally just hangs right there. That's so, slick. Yeah, so just a little... You would literally just be able to just clip it on, take off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually... little teaser... The um, next generation of Lone Wolf Custom Gear mini sticks also have that attachment. Oh, really? Yeah. So you'll be able to, right now, um, the best way yeah, I've be found. That would nice for climbing, like how you have the. Yeah, loops. I use paracord loops. They work great. Um, I don't, it's, to me, is not worth upgrading my sticks. But if you're in the market, it's a really cool feature. Yeah. If you're a saddle hunter, to be able to just hang them all right. Like it's machined in um, the paracord loops work great for me but if i had that option i would totally use it yeah definitely um and then the last product i want to talk about from lone wolf custom gear is 
um, the mesh seat option that you can add to all their tree stands now. Um, basically, standard for hang-ons, for like mobile hang-ons, is, is like a metal seat with a foam cushion on top. Really, for myself, I sit almost all the time. It's really not that uncomfortable. But with that being said, I have several preset stands at one camp we go to that have Millennium tree stands in them that have the mesh seat. And if I know Tom's hunted out of them. I don't know if you've ever hunted out of those. I've never hunted out of a Millennium. They're Millennium. extremely comfortable. I don't know. Tom, you want to say? Oh, speak? yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, basically, the mesh seats are just a very comfortable option if you're going to be sitting a long time. Um, here's a few words from Tom. That's all you need to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got the Kool-Aid man over here. <laughs> Um, but now you can add that mesh seat option to Lone Wolf Custom Gear, and it only adds a few ounces versus their standard seat. So, I mean, I'm personally, I don't really chase ounces. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of guys out there that are, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. You're an idiot. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's the mesh seat. Um, it's <laughs> I think it's going to be a great option for guys that like to sit like myself that maybe find that the foam pad is just not comfortable for them long-term. Honestly, I don't even use the foam pad on mine because I don't, like I I don't sit much. We said a thousand times, but yeah, even when I do sit down, I don't, you don't sit long enough that it would matter for me. I've tried sitting on just the metal and it sucks. Um, I'll do it. I mean, we've got plenty of stands at the headquarters that are like two steel bars. Yeah. Like that's literally it. Um, like actually, we've got one that's a like a two by six, about eight inches wide, so like or long. Staples poking up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, when I compare what most of our presets are, if I've got a foam pad, that's, that's all. That's already better than what most of my presets are. Yeah. Um, just most of our presets are so old, or we were too cheap to buy anything nice that has like either foam or if it did have foam, the squirrels have eaten it long time ago. <laughs> um, so you just, you just learn to deal with it. I mean, I don't expect to be in a lazy boy when I'm deer, deer hunting. It's like, I, I just, I never thought of it like that. I, my yeah. mind is on other things mm-hmm. than like my seat, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to turn over this last product is not new. Um, but I want to turn it over to Tom for this last one because it may not be new but if you haven't heard of it or if you're not using it you definitely want to listen in on this so i'm not like you should have just said oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) i'm not like i wouldn't call myself a gear nut like i i find a system that works and i stick with it and i don't really change it i don't not real up on the what's new i got how i do things i'm kind of like an old fashion way of going about it yeah but uh but he doesn't like old fashions no i don't no they're i don't know why anyone would drink that (laughs) i love them drink the shit out of them anyway so i found this is probably going back six seven years ago extinguisher grunt tube and from the deer society yes deer society extinguisher grunt tube and it is the most realistic sounding grunt tube out on the market in my opinion uh, you see a lot of these grunt tubes that look super cool. It looks like a 
deer a, antler, a deer antler or something. It kind of sounds like a party favor that you get <laughs> at like a six year old's birthday. It, they just don't do it for me. Yeah. But the thing of the extinguisher is it goes all the way from a fawn bleat and there's just a little thumb slide. Which, even not for changing the tone, is really nice for cold, like winter hunts. And if you've ever had your reed freeze up, mm-hmm. it can be a pain in the butt. But with this slide, it's, yeah, it's no longer a problem. Yeah. You just give it a couple of shifts up and down, mm-hmm. free right up. You're, it, mine never really even freezes. No, I've I'm, never had. You've never had a reed freeze up on you? No, not on my extinguisher. Yeah, not I on had, an extinguisher, but I'm saying yeah, I'm, on other old grunt, grunt tubes that I had, yes. Yeah, I did too. Well, yeah, it goes all the way from fawn to doe to immature buck to mature buck, even has a growl on it. So it hits every single noise on the spectrum, and it's as realistic as it gets. I never had success calling whitetails prior to using this mm-hmm. um i mean there's been the you know occasional time with my old grunt tube where i'd grunt in the four know, point would come in <laughs> yeah 15 minutes later and it's like well did the mm-hmm. grunt tube bring that in or was he just on his way over here yeah but with this new extinguisher well it's not new to me anymore but the extinguisher i've hit it and within 45 seconds i've had deer come in ears pinned back, hair on their neck, standing up, pissed off, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And See, I'm not much of a caller. Oh, I can't get enough of it. Um, so, the, like, But I do always have an extinguisher grunt tube with me. Um, and the only, I don't blind call like Tom does. The only time I will call is if I see a buck that I don't think I will have an opportunity at. Like if, if it seems like he's not going to Your come last ditch effort yes. is to make some noise. Um, and last year I had a buck hundred plus yards out making a scrape. Um, and just when he was that far out, there was no reason he had to come within bow range of me from where yeah. he was at. I was like, you know, he may, but probably I, not, probably not exactly. Um, so he was over a hundred yards out there making this scrape. I break out the extinguisher and I said, you know what, what do I got to lose? Mm-hmm. So this is the first time I've ever been able to use a grunt tube and physically be able to watch the exactly how this deer reacts. Mm-hmm. Um, I grunted three times at him. He immediately stopped with the scrape, turned my direction, ears pinned and starts walking at me. I was like, Whoa, oh, man, shit. it worked. <laughs> so he starts coming at me. He gets to about 60 yards and he stops and there's like, um, like two trails that he could take. Um, and he's looking around and I see him, he's, you know, licking the shit out of his nose. Like Trying he heard, smell. he heard the yeah. buck. He can't see him now. And he's like, where is this thing? I need to smell it. Something. Mm-hmm. Um, he's re- looking around, looking around. And when he turned, he looked like back behind him for a second and I hit him again. Ears just pinned back again. And he started coming down one of the trails. Didn't he snort wheeze? I did snort wheeze too, but that's not oh, what the... I thought ex- he snort wheezed. Oh, yes, he did. Um, but oh, I thought you meant with me using the call. That's not a, call, a sound that that call will make. No, 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 no. I, said, I, didn't I, just, use, I just used my mouth for a snort Yeah, yeah no, so I'm saying I, I thought the buck snort yes, wheezed at you. Yeah. So at that point, then he committed, and I didn't get my shot off. It, I had a very small window, and I missed it, basically. I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't get a shot off on him. 
still haunts me today, especially because I filmed the entire thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, and from the film, it's like he's standing what looks to be like a 25-yard broadside shot. He was 25 yards, but that's one thing that's weird with the camera is it's almost it's nearly it three see what you see. Yeah, it's nearly three feet to the side and about two foot lower mm-hmm. than what I'm seeing. So it, it does, like Tom said, it looks like you what are you? Yeah, if you watch deer. the video, it's like why the hell aren't you shooting? Yeah. Um, but you can basically what happened was is I had a very small window. This was a, a mobile setup, so there was not like a ton of lanes. I basically had one opportunity to shoot him, and I didn't realize it when I got set up, but there was a small stream, like more of like a runoff than anything, and it, it was dipped kind of low. And I imagined, you know, when I got up in the stand that they would walk right through this opening. But because of that dip there, they jump over that. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happened. I came to full draw on them waiting for him to step into that lane. And instead of stepping, he jumped through the lane. Yeah. Like, and I was sitting there at full draw, like, you've got to be kidding me. So I stayed at full draw and just never got an opportunity at him again. But mm-hmm. even if I didn't get a shot at him, I learned a lot there with the grunt tube and how yeah. a buck responds to it. Mm-hmm. And no I was sold on that right there. Like I, I won't, I still won't blind call. Yeah, but I think I'm going to be more enticed to use it this year when I see a buck out at a distance. Yeah, um, because I'd never really witnessed a deer, or I would never had the opportunity really to witness exactly how a deer reacts. Because mm-hmm. like if they're you know running through and you grunt at them and nothing happens, you just don't know. This was a deer that I know 110 percent heard me was and changed his you. path and came to me because of yeah. it. So. It was pretty neat. And uh, do do you have any experience with your grunt tube that you want to share? Uh, nothing like crazy, but I've definitely noticed a lot more responses and vocalizations from deer using the extinguisher than I have some other grunt tubes. And I've used some other grunt tubes that I've liked, and they've sounded good. I just prefer the extinguisher over anything else, for sure. That was one thing that... Um, why I was deterred from calling so much was because I never like when you hear a buck grunt in the woods versus what was coming out of my old grunt tube Mm -hmm. didn't sound the same. Like a lot of the older grunt tubes I heard were super like, I don't know how to say it except for like rumbly Yeah, where every buck I've heard in the woods isn't quite like that. It's more, it's slower. It's like, I don't know. I can't vocalize it here, but maybe people can understand what I'm saying where the, the extinguisher grunt tube sounds just like what I hear bucks do in the woods when they're mm-hmm. tending a doe. Like that's the, the one I always think of is like those short grunts mm-hmm. when they're tending a doe. Yeah, I could never get that sound out of other calls. And I think it's because the extinguisher, I don't know if, if the reeds are a little bit softer, mm-hmm. but you don't need nearly as much pressure to yeah. produce a sound. And I don't know if Tom's noticed that. Like... I feel like like one of the old flex tones I used, I felt like you really had to exert some air yeah. to get it to make a noise, and it always just sounded too loud and too aggressive. Yeah, by the time you get the reed going, it's flying. It's Yeah, where it doesn't sound the extinguisher, right. It sounds like a little kid's trying too hard, to, like the first time you give a kid a grunt tube, and they just start wailing on it is what it sounds like. Yeah, and where the extinguisher, it just seems very 
Like you just don't need hardly any air to get it to go. Yeah. So you can produce very soft grunts mm-hmm. that aren't going to startle That's the deer. That's what I like. You can do soft calls because most of the, the calls that, like you said, when they're tending a doe, they're it's not very audible. It's not super loud. They're just they're... the first time you hear it. Like if it's been quiet for a while, the first one you hear it, you're not even sure that it, what it was. You're like, yeah. was that was that a grunt? Yeah. And then you you need a couple more. Yeah. To confirm mm-hmm. where like you know these old flex tones and stuff that i used where it was like i'm like yeah. oh geez like yeah that was didn't, a lot. didn't didn't want that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's a call i mean if you're in the market for a new call or you know just interested in trying something new i think you cannot go wrong with the extinguisher so that wraps it up for uh new products for me i am i tell you what we've been looking at trail cameras quite a bit over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I've been watching hunting videos again and I'm getting pumped. I'm ready. So I got a couple bucks that yeah, you've got something to get excited yeah, about. Now. There's, we, we have a couple good ones, nothing like crazy big, but stuff that's like, okay, that's on the hit list. It's yeah, it's up there. Um, one of the pieces Tom and I hunt are a little slow to that, but I know that they're there, you know, we just, yeah, it's like, any piece that we yeah, just, even if you don't have them on camera, you know year I, they'll, by year they'll be they're there. always there. Um, well, I think the issue right now is we have a eighty acre plot of woods in the middle of thousands of acres of ag. Yeah. So right now they really have no reason to be on our property with all of the beans and all the corn mm-hmm. that's around. But as yeah, soon once as that shit's cut and that's usually what this property does, is there's not a ton of action. Um, you know, leading through the summer, but you know, mid September, early October, when the corn gets cut, it seems like all of a sudden they just start pouring in. Yeah. So I think we have all the acorns. Yeah, we do. And the white, the white oak acorn crop this year is massive around our area. Um, I just noticed the couple trees in our front yard, like limbs bending or like (laughs) it's nuts. So it's going to be a fun year, uh, in the timber. With this many acorns, it's going to be like walking on marbles in there. (laughs) So I'm really excited for that. Um, We have one farm that we have not checked cameras on at all yet. Um, I'm really excited to see what that farm produces. That's the headquarters. Yeah. Um, I think we were just talking, Tom and I, before we got here, that we want to get up there soon because I am, like, dying inside to to see see what's up there. Because, I mean, we walked the property, um, and I don't – we, did we mention on here that we had fresh logging done? Yes. Um, we went up, walked some of the trails. There's already a ton of tracks on these trails. So we know that they're getting used. You know, it didn't push the deer out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I'm dying to see what's on there. There was some really good bucks with some serious potential we had on camera last year. So I'm excited to see, you know, as far as I know, all of them made it. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Tom killed a good buck, um, but he wasn't on the farm all summer. Tom killed him three days after he showed up. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad killed that eight, so there's there's several other bucks on the farm that were really nice last year that could be could threaten the throne, if oh, you will. They for sure will, and so, I'm gonna kill one. So Tom, I don't know, maybe enjoy it while you have it, yeah, because we're coming for you. Um, and on that note, you know, if if you're not holding throne in your camp, you guys got to do something big. Make sure you guys are all getting outside. <laughs> <laughs>